Hello, everyone. We are so glad that you joined us again for Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. This is episode four. My name is Laura Forehand, and I am Platinum Certified Whole Brain Teaching Instructor. And we are so glad that you are visiting um, our podcast today. We hope that you are getting a lot out of it. And um, we can't wait. We have a whole list of things that we want to bring you. So, um, Thank you for joining us and please share this wherever you see fit. I'm so, so, so happy, always so happy to see my good friend, Rhonda. Rhonda, will you introduce yourself? Sure. Hello, everybody. I'm Rhonda Arlt. I'm an advanced platinum certified instructor as well. Laura and I both work on um, bronze certification. We're assistant directors of that certification. Um, hoping that if you have not started, that you would start into that process. And um, just glad that you are here with us today. We've been talking about that whole brain teaching cycle, and we are on step three today is what we're going to focus in on that direct instruction, a very important part. Absolutely. I love direct instruction because typically when we teach, we do all the talking. At mm -hmm. least that's how it was for me pre whole brain teaching. I was up at the front lecturing, just hours and hours of lecturing, right. um, which I think is typical for most teachers unless you have found whole brain teaching. So thinking back to when you were that lecturing teacher, Rhonda, um, how did you find your st student engagement or what were your students doing during the time you were lecturing to them? Right. Well, you know, you always have those few that are listening to you and following along, but then you have those, a majority of the others are, you know, playing with the pencil on their desk or, you know, bugging them, their neighbor or things like that, that I would say I'd have over half that probably weren't with me. I mean, some of them probably looked like they were with me and were looking at me, but were checked out and thinking about what they were going to do when they got home. So, you know, it's, it's really changed my teaching and how I think about things, um, kids learning it, you know, because I think they're listening to me and paying attention when they're not, but with whole brain teaching and our gestures and all that, I know they're with me now. Exactly. How about you? Yeah. So that's, that's what I was thinking too. First of all, I was exhausted and mm -hmm. not in a good way, you know, because mm -hmm. I was doing all of the talking. And like you mm -hmm. said, you're hoping those those kids are listening, but you know, what we've learned in whole brain teaching is really when a teacher is lecturing, their students are only, act, only one part of their brain is activated as right. opposed to whole brain teaching that has so many more aspects of their brain um, that are activated. And like, I just remember there being a lot, of, lot more behavior issues. Mm -hmm. And a lot more students that looked like they were completely bored, you know, and I'm sure, uh -huh. I'm sure that they were, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I am grateful for the ability to uh, share hope and teaching with my classroom so that they can, like you said, be more engaged par participants in what they're learning. So when we talk about step three, which is that direct instruction, you know, can you explain that a little bit to us? Sure. I mean, we've talked a little bit about how we used to t teach before, and if you're not doing whole brain teaching, you know, it's lecture, 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 
and then they have their assignment. But with whole brain teaching, we're only teaching in small chunks or small bullet points of the lesson. And that's why it's more important. And you know, we say it all the time, the more teachers talk, the more students we lose. So with this direct instruction, you break down your lesson into these small little bitty chunks in order to teach that lesson. Yeah, and then when, when we're teaching in those small chunks, we wanna be sure that we're using really engaging gestures. So right. again, it goes back to that uh, aspect that we're actually activating more areas of the brain. If we can't mm -hmm. use those gestures, then we're gonna engage that motor cortex while right. they're also listening. Um, mm -hmm. So the more areas of the brain you can get engaged, uh, the, more, the better the retention is. Overall, mm -hmm. yeah. I think so. And so you so, talked about, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, in episode three, um, we had talked about the gesturing, that brain engager. Right. And um, we have, I explained casual gestures and memory gestures. So um, if you want to know more about that, um, go back and listen to episode three. But we also have a resource for some of our memory gestures for the different grade levels. And that's our hoping teaching power picks. And these were powerful for me because it gave me a starting point of what to do. Mm -hmm. And each of these power picks links a concept that's related to a question like, what is an author? And that relates that to the answer. An author writes a book, story, poem. And there's an illustration with a picture and the gesture. And then once you're done teaching that and reviewing, um, I posted it up on the wall. So if we have to refer back to it, we can. And where you can find these whole brain teaching power picks, you can find it, a link on our website, but they're on our official whole brain teaching um, official store. And they're broken down between math and language arts. And there's like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade and fourth grade, I believe. So, but you can also make them if there's some. Yeah. I don't have all of the gestures for all of the things I teach. So sometimes I even get input from the kids and we come up with our own gestures for those concrete um, things that we're trying to teach. Yeah, that's a great idea is to get the kids involved. And I think, again, that just helps them to retain that information a lot better. And sometimes you won't uh, find a power pick, like you said, especially like maybe if you're in upper grades. I know that um, Sarah Metter, like she created her own um, right. power picks and mm -hmm. her, a lot of her own gestures. So if you don't, um, find power picks for either uh, a content area in your grade level or for your grade level where there's not a brainy uh, for a particular gesture. You can create your own gestures. And Sarah, again, has a great um, video on our Whole Brain Teaching website that talks about this. And what she says is that you need to decide on the content word that you wanna create a gesture for. So let's say, and there is, there is a power pick for nouns, but let's just say it's the word noun. So you wanna, you wanna create a gesture for the word noun. You're gonna come up with a short, really short, kid-friendly definition for that word, and then come up with one simple gesture that you're going to use every single time that you talk about that word. So every time I talk about a noun, I'm going to have the same definition and the same gesture. And it's just one gesture, which was something actually when I was reviewing this video, that was a good reminder for me. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. I like to um, put a gesture in for 
everything. And then that's, that's too much. That's too much. So just one simple gesture for that, that key word that you're wanting to define. And again, check out Sarah's video on the whole brain teaching website. It's under the, the, um, the step three on that website under whole brain teaching basics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to remember that the gesture doesn't matter as much as being sure that, that you're using that gesture the same time, the same way on the abstract idea. And that gesture will create and allow students to connect that word, that vocabulary word with the definition. Um, I also want to mention, you know, we, we have gestures for brainies and the brainies are more the kind of the grammar side mm-hmm. that we use like for ri- oral writing um, um, and even our writing and how we speak and how we have them answer in to questions. And so brainies are something that I would encourage you to check into and maybe we can even do a podcast about brainies um, and talk about those a little bit too, um, along with power picks. I'm not sure, but that's an important part of gesturing too, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Once you get those kids using those brainies in their their oral writing, it's really powerful. And then you see them transfer those, like even if they're just reading a story out of their um, anthology book, you know, they are starting, they can even use those gestures while they're reading, or those, excuse me, those brainies while they're reading. So really, really powerful. That's a whole nother game. So (laughs) there's just so much, there's just so much to whole brain teaching. But so when we're talking about direct instruction, each bullet point you teach during that direct instruction is taught with gestures. So we get our students visual and motor cortices engaged in the learning process. And then also you've got, you know, that speaking going on and that listening going on. So you have so many parts of the brain that are engaged at one time during your little bitty chunk, like you said, little bitty bullet point of direct instruction. Exactly. And as we learned in step two with that brain engager, we're going to start each bullet point with that mere words. And as we finish that bullet point or that small chunk, we want to say mirrors off to, um, so our students repeat mirror off and that that's their clue that they no longer need to echo what we're seeing and mirroring those gestures. Have you ever like forgotten to say mirrors off and your kids just, oh, absolutely. And my kids <laughs> just keep on going and I'm like, oops, mirrors off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say, Sorry, you forgot to tell mirrors off. And I'm like, Oh, Tell me I'm still cool. (laughs) Yeah. Same here. I've done that too. And they just keep, I mean, which is awesome that they have it. The, the, the brain engager has such amazing buy-in. Once your kids buy into the mirror words, um, they will just keep mirroring what you say and, and doing your gestures. So it's awesome. So just, yeah, just like the first two steps, our attention getter and the brain engager, there are power ups to step three direct instruction as well. So the first two, we really already talked about a little bit, but we'll just go ahead and review them. So what about that beginner lesson, Rhonda? Right. The beginner is that one new point. You remember, remember, we say this all the time, the longer we, you talk, the more students you lose. So each time you go around the whole brain teaching cycle, introduce no more than one new And remember 
to keep it small and also remember to keep telling mirrors off when you're done with that bullet point. Yeah. And so um, how long should that lesson be, that bullet point? How long should that be? No longer than about 30 seconds. Right, right. And that is, I think, really hard to do when you're starting whole ring teaching because you're not, first of all, you're not used to breaking that lesson down into chunks. And then, I mean, 30 seconds just doesn't seem long enough. And so that was, that was a real hard part for me to do is to chunk out that lesson and to keep it 30 seconds before I taught that next bullet point. Right. And so if you're new and you start struggling with that, it's okay. It'll get easier each time that you do it. And you'll kind of get into a, you know, a pattern or a routine and it's going to start feeling more comfortable the more you do it. And I think you'll know when you have the right amount of information because when you when you do step four which is that collaborative learning mm -hmm. your kiddos will they'll, they'll be able to do that right away without mm -hmm. going okay that was a lot of information and i don't remember what i'm supposed to say that was kind right. of my my uh clue that i talked way too long <laughs> right that's a good point yeah. because I, then when i saw that they couldn't do it i'm like okay well, and I'd think about my lesson. I'm like, I gave them way too much. So, you know, I'd call them back and I'm thinking, okay, let's break this down even, you know, into smaller parts. Right. And then when I did that, then they would get it. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's a really good point. Yeah. That was always my clue that I talked way too long. <laughs> yeah. So one bullet point at a time. I love it. And then the intermediate level, it, it also goes back to that bullet point. So to simplify lesson organization, you might want to create like a list of bullet points um, so that during direct instruction, you're going to re review the previous concept. And just like Rhonda said, introduce no more than one new point at a time. So like, for example, if you're teaching the rules, which is what we do a lot when we're teaching, when we're doing a Zoom on the basics, mm -hmm. we'll talk about how when you're teaching the rules, you wanna introduce um, one bullet point. So let's say rule number one, but you wanna introduce that two times and then right. do where they're teaching each other that rule. But then when you call them back and you're gonna introduce rule two, you would say rule one, one time, but rule two, you would say two times. So mm -hmm. again, keeping that to a short bullet point, but just make sure that you review each bullet point two times. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then we go to um, the next level, which is the advance. And on this advance, we're taking a look at that five-step lesson plan. And this is on our Whole Brain Teaching website. And these steps are in a five-step lesson plan involve the question, the answer, critical thinking, assessment, and the writing. So if you haven't checked this out, and I mean, you are ready for this level, um, they redid it this year. That's on the website. It's nice, pretty colors, and it breaks it down. I really like how they formulated that five-step less, five lesson plan. So be sure to check that out. If you're not ready for these levels, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But I know we've got some listeners that um, have been doing this for a while and I think would be ready for this step. Right. And also with that five-step lesson plan, like if you keep scrolling down after the, after the five-step lesson plan um, that's shown on there, Coach actually gives you some examples of some mm. lessons you can use in your classroom. So you can even yeah. try those out and see how they. All right. It always helps to see it, mm -hmm. you know, or see an example 
and so you can implement it into your classroom and use it in your classroom. So I appreciate Coach taking the time and doing that extra for yes. us. Yes. So then you come to the legendary and that's where you're going to have student leaders. And so as you advance to the legendary in direct instruction, you can begin to use student leaders to summarize a point in your lesson or to answer the question. So the first step in that five step lesson is to ask a question. So maybe you want your student leader to answer that question. Um, this is where we can get into some critical thinking, like making connections, comparing contrast. Um, you would just have your students stand up and they would use that attention getter class, yes. They would use that brain engager, that mirror words, and then launch into the lesson they want to review with the class. So, so I mean, this is where I consider it to be like teacher heaven, mm -hmm. teaching heaven, because you've got your kids now teaching the class, and mm -hmm. your job is facilitator, and really, it's, it's amazing to see them go from basically mirroring everything that you do to really making a lesson their own. So it, it to me, and, and this doesn't happen right away, no, right? No. no, this does not happen right away. Um, it's gonna vary on your class. Um, it could happen before Christmas break, but a lot of times in my classrooms in second grade, it doesn't happen till after Christmas break till we come back where mm -hmm. Um, we've had some more time to review things and then I kind of, you know, let kids take the reins, so to speak. But it's, it's, right. it's awesome when you see it happen, but don't think it happens right away. Cause it really no, does. No, no. And maybe the upper grades, it could happen sooner. I'm not sure. sure so I don't teach the upper grades, but I mean, I can definitely see it happening sooner maybe than at our second grade level, which is exactly. what we teach. Yeah. So. So finally, we have the semi-divine level, Rhonda. Yeah, these slide lessons. This is one that I haven't tried um, before, yeah. but I think it definitely has some great potential. And it's to maximize the student talk. And these slide lessons are encouraged during this semi-divine level of direct instruction, where you create a set of engaging PowerPoints on any lesson. And um, I know... It could possibly, I think, you know, Google Slides, you could do it as well uh, as PowerPoint lessons. And each slide will contain a critical thinking task or a sentence frame. For example, um, a group of slides on mammals might start off with a definition of mammals and then include the question, how are mammals different than reptiles we've previously studied? Then the second slide might list several mammals and include the sentence frame, other common mammals are blank. And so I think this would, you know, can keep going on and on. You just create more and more slides. And then at the end of the sequence, you can go back to that slide one and use a one minute lessons to summarize each point. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you are um, getting your kids more actively involved in that um, student talk. Right. One of the highest goals in whole brain teaching is to reduce the amount of teacher talk and increase the student talk. And in this sequence, if you're repeating it, you can achieve 75% of students talking to a measly and healthy 25% student talk. Does that all make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It does because it, it kind of goes along with um, the level that I just spoke on where you have your student 
leaders right. because you know now they're doing the bulk of the teaching. You basically just have a slide there is how I understand it. And, but you've got those sentence frames. So they kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of bridging that, what you want them to talk about. Um, but they're doing the, the majority of um, the talking and the teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when there's that ownership with students, I mean, again, I think retention goes way up when you've got students that are taking ownership of their, of their own learning. Well, and I think too, students like learning from fellow students. Oh, yeah. Too. And sometimes I think they listen intently to a student if that student is teaching versus if it was me teaching. So definitely, you know, this is a higher level right. of this direct instruction, but something that I think is would be very powerful too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know how often pre-whole brain teaching did we let students talk? Not very much, or at least I didn't. You know, I didn't just to answer a question that you asked. Right. You right. know, that's it. And it was probably, at least for me, I'll just speak for my classroom, it was probably the one that I knew was going to give the, the right answer instead of really letting them process mm-hmm. it out together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So really powerful, really powerful. So we've taught direct instruction is a lot. <laughs> it's right. a lot. Um, so we really want to encourage you to go back to the website, but what is your favorite thing, you know, now that we have been doing whole brain teaching for, you're going on seven years, I'm going on six years, what would be like your favorite part of the direct instruction process? I think just remembering and doing the small chunks. I mean, that just transformed how I taught. I mean, completely, it's completely different and, you know, it really makes sense. And, you know, of course, incorporating those mere words with it helps us as well, too. But I just, breaking down that lesson into small chunks, I never thought about that before. It's like, I have all this information I have to teach. Well, here it is. Yep. And, you know, breaking it down has made a big difference, I think. How about you? Yeah, I would say that. And for me, I mean, just having students teaching each other and using those critical thinking skills. Because I think prior to whole brain teaching, I was probably one of those teachers that would ask a question where there was like one specific answer. But with the direct instruction and with putting in the critical thinking aspect of, of that, you know, my students are able to think a lot deeper than right. they could, you know, that I, than I even allowed them to um, mm-hmm. prior to whole brain teaching. So is there a specific like power up you want to try this year that we talked about? Um, I would like to dabble. Um, and more with Google Slides and PowerPoint, but I'm not sure. Um, it's just a matter of if I have time to create those slides would be it, but that would probably be something that would expand me mm-hmm. and help my students even more. How about you? Yeah, and I know like I'm, I'm thinking as you're saying that, I'm thinking about some of the things that Coach has created and they're in the teacher pay teacher store. I may have the name wrong though, but it's like electronic super speed grammar and I know that already comes with some slides. And right. so it could maybe 
you know, cut and paste just the slides that you would want to use. That might be an easy way to kind of um, bring that in. And I think that's probably something that I need to do more of this year too, so that I have those students, you know, to create those student leaders in my classroom mm -hmm. um, and, and let them take a little bit more of the reins in teaching each other. Right, that student talk. Exactly. Yeah, that student talk. Um, so like we said, step three, it's a lot, um, but it is such a critical step. Um, remember that everything that we've talked about, guys, you're going to find that on www.wholebrainteaching.com. So we just really want to encourage you to go back there and really study um, that direct instruction level because there is a lot to it. Um, and we, we, of course, on this pod, podcast go a lot deeper, but like Rhonda said, like if all you do is just break your lesson down into those small chunks, that is huge. That's huge. Mm -hmm. If that's all you do this year, that's huge. So that's fine. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Because honestly, um, especially because we don't know what the new school year is going to look like for everybody. Um, keeping it simple may be the way to go this year, but just know that as Rhonda said, as you feel more comfortable, you can add those other levels in as you see fit. So, um, please also remember to follow us on Facebook. And and even bringing those go ahead. I'm just going to reemphasize that, you know, breaking those lesson plans down, mm -hmm. that that's powerful. So if that's the only thing that you get to this year for direct instruction, that's okay. And that's powerful. And you're going to see amazing changes in your classroom doing that. So sorry that's for interrupting you. No, but I just no, because that's, that's a really good point. So don't feel bad about that at all. That's a really good point. But we also want to encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can ask all kinds of questions and you're going to get some good answers from both staff and executive board members um, like all the Facebook pages because they can all help you. And then, of course, on Instagram, you can also see some great videos that might be out there. We are always willing to help um, and we are just really grateful that you guys have taken the time to join us today on our fourth podcast. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And the next time we'll be discussing that final step in that whole brain teaching cycle, that collaborative learning, the teach okay. And um, in parting, I want to give you some words from Coach B. And he tells us to focus on remedies rather than consequences. Ooh, that's really good. Yes, it is. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.